Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I'm so glad you joined me. This is, again, the Woman Inspired Podcast. And if you tuned in by accident, I hope you'll stay around anyway because it isn't just for women. It's just that I am a woman inspired and I like to share a little bit of what God has put on my heart and hopefully some wisdom, some knowledge, some interesting things. And I always start my podcast with a quote, a pod quote. And so I'm going to do that right now. You can walk and run all you want, but the baggage you continue to hold on to will not stop weighing you down. Let it go, even if you have to forcefully extract it from your hand and cast it out to sea. And that is by, I don't know who because it's anonymous, but I found it and I loved it. I'll repeat it for you. You can walk and run all you want. But the baggage you continue to hold on to will not stop weighing you down. Let it go. Even if you have to forcefully extract it from your hand and cast it out to sea. Now I wonder, um, maybe if someone from Disney wrote that (laughs) in conjunction with, uh, the, you know, movie and that song that haunted us forever. And I know everybody loves it. Let it go. My husband even sings it. So anyway, I keep telling him, let it go, but he won't. (laughs) So, all right. So I've felt burdened lately, weighed down and a little bit stressed out because there's a lot going on. It always seems that there's a lot going on, right? It's not just me. It's that way with pretty much everyone I know. I'm sure it's always been this way in the whole history of man and womankind. Nowadays, the world seems a whole lot smaller, though. It seems even smaller to me just since I was younger um, to now, much older. (laughs) The world is in um, really greater touch or greater communication with itself and with each other. I don't know about better communication, but definitely greater as in more of it. You can know, you know, pretty much that someone across the country can find out from you or you can find out from them or even on another continent what someone is thinking, doing, feeling what they're angry about or what they're eating all within a few seconds, if you so choose. And it seems that we intellectually know more and more and more. And so we also know that we're not alone. We aren't the only ones carrying this or that particular stress, anxiety, or burden. And then sometimes that can be a good thing, right? We don't want to feel alone. We want to know that we aren't the only ones in this particular boat, whatever that boat is. And yet we still tend to feel alone. Even though we're a whole lot closer, even though we know more, even though we know more stuff. So it's like when I travel, I made sure to get a bright purple piece of luggage uh, recently. Actually, it was a gift to me, um, but my husband knew I wanted a bright piece of luggage. So he got me one. And I mean, hey, most people have dark luggage. If you travel very much, you know, dark blue, dark black, charcoal gray. These are the standard colors for suitcases. So I wanted to be able to easily see my luggage when it comes down that conveyor belt into the baggage claim area after my flight. Ha. So I thought right after this, hey, it's great. It's a happy purple piece of luggage and I'll be able to see it easily. So I flew somewhere and there were at least 10 other suitcases, the exact same color as mine coming down the conveyor. And I thought, oh my gosh. So I've learned over the years to put something specific to my life and easy for me to recognize on the handle that helped as well. One piece of my luggage has like a little metal piece sign on it. And another piece of luggage has a sparkly rainbow colored ribbon on it. 
and, and it helps me to be able to identify that luggage, even though purple should have been, you know, I guess I should have put polka dots on it. But anyway, the little thing on the handle helps too. But nonetheless, just as in baggage claim, it's easy to see that without even traveling around the country or the world, I'm not the only one who has a particular kind of baggage. Other people have similar baggage to me. Even for those who don't have purple baggage with sparklies on it, their baggage is still awfully similar to mine. But I somehow thought mine would be so much more different than all of theirs. It wasn't. While it's specific to me and the things you'll find inside my baggage are about me and my life and my memories and my trappings and the things I find important that I need to travel with, it's still baggage and it's still similar to everyone else's. You know, one time not long ago, I was waiting for two pieces of luggage to come rolling around the conveyor at the airport and I saw this family attempting to snag all their luggage from the belt. So if you've ever traveled or or you just have the opportunity to be in an airport, it's a pretty amusing sight to watch people trying to get their luggage off of the belt. I know I've had sometimes it's been a very interesting feat to try to get it off there. Um but there was a mom and a dad with three kids and the kids were I don't know, probably between five and 10 years old. And the dad was going one direction, chasing down a really large pieces, piece of luggage that apparently passed him. And the mom um, had the oldest um, looking child um, working on dragging a huge piece of luggage off the belt. And this little girl, <laughs> I know she was probably 10 years old, but she was small and she, her little legs were going as fast as they could. <laughs> As she was following, she had on her hand on the handle and she was running behind that piece of luggage trying to get it off the conveyor. Um, and then it was more like the luggage was really actually dragging her along with it. Kind of like your dog drags you instead of um, you walking your dog, it's walking you. Um, so as I'm watching her, watching this mom and she's trying to keep an eye out um, for her daughter and I'm trying to keep an eye out for my bag, but I couldn't, I totally lost it because I hear one of the smaller kids that the mom was holding saying, there it is, mom, there it is, mom. <laughs> and he's just going after this adorable piece of luggage. He's like, there it is, there it is. And it's, it's a yellow luggage that looks like a minion. It has a minion face on it. It's a little kid's piece of luggage and it's really cute. And it's going around the conveyor belt. So the mom shouts, grab it, grab it. As she holds him upside down by his legs. So his arms are stretched out trying to get him far enough over it so he could grab this baggage. So here this whole family is in different directions trying to get their luggage off of the conveyor belt. And it was so cute. And she's yelling, grab it, son, grab it. It was hilarious. And I totally missed my purple luggage as it went around because I was so engrossed in the scene in front of me. But um, a lot of times we tend to think that we're just all alone, but we're, we're not just the people who have all this baggage, but we're also watching other people trying to manage their baggage. I mean, isn't that what life is like? You have people who come to you who might want to unburden and share their luggage and share their heaviness with you and you want to do the same. But if we take more time to notice or maybe put our heads up or our, our eyes open and let our hearts become more compassionate to each other, we'd, we'd see that we're not really the only ones with baggage going round and round that conveyor belt. We aren't alone. And we tend to think that, that no one anywhere, anyhow, could ever, ever understand, get us, imagine, or endure what we've endured. 
or what we feel like we've endured or we're afraid to endure, but it's not the truth. Um, all the way back in biblical times, they knew we weren't alone and God knew we'd need to be reminded of this. Sure, Mary Magdalene never had to worry about whether or not her Facebook was taken over by a bot and sending out inappropriate messages to half her Facebook friends. And John the Baptist didn't fret over how long it would take for Triple A to tow his truck off the site, uh, off the side of the interstate, right? <laughs> but um, they had some really serious problems, worries, stresses, baggage nonetheless, death. I don't know, crime, starvation, political strife, family and friends mistreating them, um, grief, health issues, all of those things. They had those then, we have them now. None of it is new under the sun. It may be expounded, expanded, and delivered in a different format than it was 2,000 years ago, but it's all nothing new under the sun. And at least in my mind, I don't think the Bible and its many accounts, its letters and such were so often... Um, would so often point us to Jesus and let us know that Jesus is here and how much we can rely on him if God didn't know that we would need him, right? I mean, what would be the point? Why do we even need to know Jesus? Why do we need to be saved? Why do we need to rely on him and know that he is our rock and our foundation, that he's our comforter? Um, if God didn't know, we would need to know that, right? It seems kind of simplistic to say it that way, but it's really true. Here's the information. People read it. This is the truth. Apply it. But gosh, it's so hard to do at times. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 11, that he will never leave us or forsake us. And Psalms 34, 18 lets us know that he is near to those who are brokenhearted. And many times in Isaiah and in Psalm, it tells us that God is holding our hand. And in Psalm 23, 4, it specifically says of famous scripture a lot of us know even if we don't know that it's in psalm 23 4 though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me the bible clearly shows us in these verses and in a whole bunch of other areas that we are to remember that we're not alone and yet in a world that seems smaller and smaller and smaller showing us just how unalone that we really are many of us feel more and more alone. I think that's one reason why the Bible reminds us that God is with us even if those around us who are supposed to support us and be with us aren't. When the world fails us and loved ones turn their backs on us, we feel rejected, hurt, or pushed aside by the people who are supposed to love us or embrace us and who are supposed to accept us the most. With No matter whether it's good, bad, ugly, beautiful, everything in between, we can still have confidence and remember that God still loves us and he's still with us no matter what. We are not alone. I know I sound like an ancient aliens program on discovery. We are not alone, but it's true. We're not alone. We have Jesus. It's difficult though at times to conjure up the notion that we aren't going through life alone when we feel isolated because of our feelings and our emotions because of that stress and to push off the heaviness or cast off these burdens that we feel, especially if we haven't let God's truth take over our heart, soul, mind, or plant itself inside our flesh. I encourage you, encourage you today to memorize every scripture and quote you can that reminds you that you aren't alone in this world. That you're not alone in this stress or carrying these burdens and baggage all by yourself. Don't wait till you're in the middle of the hurt 
or in the middle of the pain to scramble for a reality dose or a lie-crushing Bible verse. Don't wait until your burdens pile up and, and get so high that you can barely ask for help. Get in the habit of casting off your anxieties, fears, and baggage on a regular basis, or else they will become so heavy that you you won't be able to think, or you won't feel like you can stand up under the weight of them. What's the point in that? It's it's like spiritual wellness. It's a wellness program to tackle it. You know, a lot of people do this either either they had a physical problem, you know, a health problem, a mental health problem, and they neglect it and neglect it and neglect it. They know it's there, but they don't want to deal with it, whether out of fear or laziness or loneliness or just, you know, thinking, well, if I avoid it or ignore it, it'll go away. And then they wait until it's almost too late and they have to have emergency care. They got to go to the ER. They have to go to a psychiatric facility. Um, they have to have emergency intervention or they have to have emergency spiritual intervention. When, if we would more readily keep up on our spiritual health, mental health, physical health, um, we wouldn't have as many emergency issues. That's not to say that God won't be there for you in the middle of an emergency. Absolutely, yes, he will. But these things are here for us to do on a regular daily basis, uh, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. Retreat, rejuvenate, read the word, worship, praise, counsel with other people, fellowship, get reminders, read quotes, read books, read the book. Get the word ingrained inside of you so that it's there when you need it instead of you searching for something at the last minute when you feel stretched to the limit, when you feel pressed upon, when you feel crushed, when Satan is really, really attacking you. That's, if you don't, you're really neglecting yourself spiritually and mentally. And that's, I mean, that's just plain and simple as it gets. And I'm not judging anyone. I've been there, done that. I'm speaking of something I know, unfortunately, all too well. You know, there are going to be days when maybe, like me, you don't have your Bible with you or you don't have the energy to pick up your Bible to read it, to be reminded of what you really need to know in that moment. That doesn't mean God won't remind you in other ways, like a friend reaching out to you and maybe God just put you on their heart or a song you hear on the radio or an email from someone or a bumper sticker on a car. Even there are lots of little ways that God gets his message through to us, but it helps to have these truths planted in our minds and ready to recite to ourselves as we get confronted with the lies or the hurts um, that our brain likes to tell us or the world tells us or Satan tells us. You know these lies I'm talking about, right? The lies that say you're not loved or you aren't important enough to be part of this group or that family or your own family. You're so different that no one will ever want you or the lie that they hate you. Face it, you're just not good enough for them. Um, they don't make time for you because you're not important. When in reality, those lies are, well, they're just lies. They're not truths. Think about those lies for just a minute. Let's shine some light on them. I'm guessing that one or more of those lies, those things I just said, or something similar has crept its way into your mind at one time or another. So let's break it down. No, I'm not getting ready to wrap. Just saying, let's break it down. You're not loved. Not true. Not true. Sometimes other people don't know how to show love in a healthy way. So you're not feeling it or seeing it, or they become overwhelmed with their own lives. So they put showing love to you on the back burner. 
it doesn't mean you aren't loved. It means you're not being shown love in that moment or when you think you need it. That still hurts, but it's not the same thing as not being loved. And the biblical truth here, as recited, written up and repeated as it is, is still the truth. God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only son to die for your sins so you could have eternal life and be with him. That's amazing love. Okay, so you aren't important enough to be a part of your own family. Lie, 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 lie. Because if you weren't important enough, then God wouldn't have put you there in the first place. Maybe your family doesn't appreciate your importance. That happens. Or they don't appreciate that you're an asset to the family. But how someone else treats you doesn't change the truth of who you are and that God made you and what your worth is. It speaks more about them than it does about you. Just because someone calls you a mongrel doesn't make you a mongrel. You are still you, the you that God made you to be. God made you in his image. If you think about it for just a second. Okay, listen. God made you and me in his image. You are the closest thing to God-like that there is on the planet. Think about that a minute. We all are. We were made in God's image. We are the closest thing to being like God that there is on the entire planet. We can't forget it. We can't forget it. Okay, so you're so different that no one will ever want you. Let's get this straight. You might be very different than your brothers and sisters, family, friends, coworkers, but different doesn't mean that you're of less value and doesn't mean you aren't wanted. We are all made in God's image and yet his wisdom and creativity made us all just a little bit different from each other. I think that's a really good thing. I think that's a, an amazing thing, actually. Sometimes people may not want us around because they don't understand our kind of different, but that's okay. That hurts, but God always, always wants us. And that's the most important thing. Okay, so they hate you and you're not good enough for them. Well, I have no doubt that some people just hate. Hate usually comes from someone not understanding. Maybe they don't understand you. Just like prejudice comes from ignorance. People are easily frightened, intimidated, or uncomfortable by what they don't know, what they don't understand. So if you're set aside and you're not communicated with like you'd prefer to be, it's usually because you're perceived as being too good for them, not that you're not good enough. Especially if you have Christ in you and you let his light shine through you. Let me tell you something. I have learned this over the years. Whether you like it or not, when you walk with Christ, you walk with conviction. That means that the Holy Spirit comes out through your coming and your going, your words, your actions, your laugh. And some people do not, absolutely do not want to be convicted of the fact that they aren't in Christ or living the way that they should and you are. So they push you away and they work to make you feel like you're not good enough and as if you don't fit in. And that's okay. That is so okay, my friends, because you don't want to fit in with the world. You belong to God. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. Okay. So yes, you want to fit in and not be hated, but at what cost? At the cost of your sanity, at the cost of your relationship with God, your ability to look yourself in the mirror. I mean, you can't change anyone's heart, 
but God can. So pray for those who persecute you, who treat you like you're less than than them, even if it is family. You're not above them, and it's not your job to convict anyone, but just walk your walk and be who God made you to be and let God deal with all the other situations. Okay, this is not to say that sometimes we don't exude a bit of personal funkiness and differentness and push people away. Because truthfully, there are times um, when some of our own attitudes and some of our own things stink, but that's okay. We're not expected to be perfect either. Um, and we hope people will still embrace us, but we're not talking about perfection here. That's not what we're going for. That's not what we're talking about. All right. And now let's address the lie that says they don't make time for you because you aren't important. Lie, 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 lie. (laughs) You are important. Even if on a given day, you don't feel like you're important. God did not make any accidents. He knew you before you were born. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Even if you can't see it right now, this day, this minute, next week, or in this season, there is a purpose. In my mere human considerations and thoughts, that makes you pretty important. If God took the time to create you, with a little help from your parents, <laughs> then you are not unimportant. Just because others may feel like, or make you feel that way, or might even actually think that about you, in their sadness or in their unreality it doesn't make it true i believe oftentimes when we get our feelings hurt and others act as if we don't matter and we aren't important it just shows their ignorance it shows that they're lazy in getting to know who you really are and that you do have worth and value jeremiah 29 11 boy i can talk today (laughs) Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And one more big truth about all of this, you may very well have created a bit of this rejection or lack of attention, hurt and pain yourself. Yeah, I know it's not something we all want to deal with or hear, but if you're in one of these places where you have this kind of hurt and pain, um, perhaps some of what you're feeling is indeed self-inflicted that happens to all of us but we are allowed grace aren't we i mean aren't we called to give others grace and to also garner up a portion of it for ourselves and learn to move forward whatever it is that we've done or maybe we've we've put someone off or we haven't been as compassionate or understanding with someone else or accepting or allowing them to fit in either um well you you got to cut it loose. you got to let go of that attitude. So whatever it is that you don't like uh, in someone else, that they may be treating you that way, you have to check yourself too. Because maybe you're, you're off-putting. Maybe your actions need some grace and forgiveness too. Some people don't want to do this. They'd rather throw lies your way and let you know how much you messed up in the past um, and that your today and your future are just going to be the same way and they're going to tell you that all the time. They don't want to give you grace. And then you don't want to give yourself grace and then you don't want to give them grace and it's a really big not giving anybody grace kind of party. That's not how we're supposed to be. So that's not true unless you let it be true. If you're in Christ, then you have the opportunity for daily sanctification, renewal, and recharging. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. 
So for those who choose to hold it against you, well, I could say don't let them, but you have no choice. They make their choices just like you and I make ours. But we can't. what we can do is make sure that we, you and I, each of us, doesn't hold grudges and we forgive others and ourselves just as we're told to and not be like those who live in lies and ignorance hurting other people out of their self-centered actions and reactions because we know it's there we all deal with people like that if you have a family and friends you love tell them spend time with them show them i urge you not to live a lifetime of regret because you chose to believe the lies of the world about other people Find out for yourself who they really are. Don't assume. Don't listen to gossip and the he said, she said. God made you a family for a reason. God put friends in your life as family for a purpose. I encourage you not to take them for granted. Don't just assume they know that you care. And don't just assume that you know who they are. Most of the time, my friends, um, meaning you, (laughs) it's just not that deep. And it's just not that complicated, friends. We are just that sensitive of human beings. Sometimes we're unforgiving, stubborn, and uncommunicative, me included. And we hold on to people we should let go of instead of pour into or embrace and appreciate or love on and share with and spend time with the people that God put right in front of us that we're supposed to be pouring into. So we take for granted the people who love us through anything and everything, and yet we humans we pursue people who reject us because we want that approval and attention i encourage you to please pray about who and what god wants you to pursue or hold close to you and let go of the rest the rest of them the rest of those pursuits the rest of the people purge from your life who and what you should cast off anything and anyone who might be hindering you from living the life that God wants you to live cast off the burden of self-doubt because of rejection cast off the lies that plague you because of other people's treatment of you to cast something off is no uh, small feat and it's not a small action either they could have used any other word in the bible they used cast in so many areas where it's really important. I, I looked this up. Okay. The word cast means to throw something forcefully in a specified direction. I'm, think about that. It's not just, oh, I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to put it over here. I'm going to let it go. No, it's not just let it go. It's cast, meaning throw forcefully in a specified direction that's pretty specific now when i do some humor for women and i talk about pms which also means praising my savior and other other feminine things i often use the ver- a verse in uh, hebrews 12 to justify taking my bra off and throwing it <clears throat> anyway that's a whole other thing or at least talking about taking my bra off and doing some female humor um, and I, I say, I want to just throw it as far as I can get from me. And if you're a female, you'll understand this because there are just days you don't want to be ensnared and tangled up by a bra any longer. You want to cast it as far as you can from you. After all, it says in the Bible in Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And I consider a bra a sin. Anyway, but when I think of casting truthfully and throwing things off, besides that little bit of ridiculousness there, um, I think about how we cast off and how we're supposed to cast off and forcefully 
throw from us this anxiety and fear and stress and worry and lies because I really do want to take it seriously and throw those things as forcefully far away from me as I can get and right in the direction of the one that I know can handle them. That is the safe for me to throw things at. And that's right to the Lord. The one who will battle for me, protect me, give me wisdom and love me through it all. Psalm fifty-five twenty-two says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. First Peter five, seven says, cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. So this is what I'm saying to you today. And this is what I have learned recently is that casting is no small feat and it's no small action. I hope and pray that you will know today and go to the Lord if you don't know and pray to him what you should purge, what you should get rid of, what you should cast away. What you should throw in his direction, let him catch it. Because what you're throwing, he'll catch. And he will take care of it. He will dispel it. He'll get rid of it. Um, he'll help you battle it. Whatever it is that needs to be done with it. So that's my hope and prayer for you today. Is that you will cast things and cast your burden and your anxiety on him. Because he definitely will sustain you. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. It is The Woman Inspired. If you want to hop on out to Instagram um, and follow me, just look for One Woman Inspired. That's the number one, followed by Woman Inspired. And if you want more information on this ministry, you can hop on over to womaninspired.com. Thank you so much. 